a show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome. This episode is a Tuesday episode, number 1040. That's a 1040, if you will. Right next to me is. Shannon! I got one name! Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. Oh, I am that. And you can find uh, the angel right next to me, the uh, the hero. That is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. You know, every villain has to have a hero, and you are the hero. Okay. Of every single episode, all those episodes, all 1,039 before this one, are available right on our website. Archived. You can find that. Also, links to social media. Friend, follow, and like us. And we will friend and follow and like you back. Also, uh, we have videos and photos and things available, too. And we have our event page up where we will be next. You can find that right at our website, and our web address is... RileyandKimmy.com That's right. RileyandKimmy.com Want to give a big happy birthday going out to one of a good... Well, one of our good friends to the Riley and Kimmy Show. A very good friend and listener, and that is Roland Mann. Happy birthday! <gasps> yes, happy birthday to Roland Mann, former Marvel and Malibu editor, also comic book writer and teacher of comic book writing as well, Kimmy. Happy birthday, Roland. Roll, you know, should you play trivia here, Kimmy? How old do you think Roland Mann is? Oh, I'm not going to guess. Well, I'll give you this much of a clue. Yeah. It's triple digits. Triple digits. I'm kidding, Roland. By the way, Roland, be sure to give us that uh, discount blue blue plate special that you're going to get today. You know, because he's crossed into that uh, that age bracket. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I doubt he's over the age of 39. Okay. Yeah, he's like Jack Benny. Yeah. I think he is. He's a brother from another mother, and by the way, you'll be able to catch Roland Mann at an upcoming convention, an upcoming comic book convention in Florida. I'm starting my own convention. There is no reason to start your own convention. There's a very big comic book-related convention happening just days away in Daytona Beach, Florida. (gasps) That's right. A very big comic book convention. This is a comic book collectible convention. Yes, some... Really big conventions lean on that pop culture side. But this one, it knows the roots of comic book conventions. It's truly a very big collectible convention full of toys and, most of all, comic books. Get out! That's right. Tons of them, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And you can find those at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention, which is happening Sunday, November 13th, starting at 10 o'clock until 4 o'clock And they tout themselves as a true comic book convention show with more than half of their vendors selling comics from the golden age to present. That's right. There's tons of comics. Yes, tons. I'd hate to carry them all in. Oh, boy. Can you imagine how many long boxes, short boxes there are there? That's a lot of work. I mean, one of the dealers alone, we know he brings, I don't know, 60, 100,000 of those. Mm. I mean, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. I'd hate to count them. Mm -hmm. A ton of comic books. Yeah. They're heavy when you get them all in those big boxes. They are. Yeah, they are. I know that. But they got a lot of them. So if you're looking to add to your collection, start a collection, or even do a history trip, maybe for some family members, say, hey, this is the way comic books used to be. This is the, the place to do that. Matter of fact, I know for a fact one of the comic book vendors who will be there, Kimmy, um, has 
what's called key books. I mean, he has others too, but he has key books as well. He is the person that I had the pleasure in Jacksonville a few months ago to hold Amazing Fantasy number 15. Mm. That's the debut, the the origin issue of Spider-Man. It was mm-hmm. an original copy. I was able to hold that in my hands. You can find a photo of that on our Facebook page. And I did that a few months ago in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's Jay's Multimedia. And Jay's Multimedia will be there with those key books and others as well. Yeah. Add to your collection. You can find those. I mean, there's so many vendors there. I cannot highlight them all here on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. But to give you an idea of just uh, some of them that we will mention here, like Pop Culture Playground, Tom Rump and Pop Culture Play- Playground have a ton of comic books. They'll be selling comics magazines, underground comics as well, collectibles from the 1960s to the present. You never know what you will find there. Jim Kara and Carousel's collectibles will be on hand, and they're from Deland with a ton of toys and just oddities, too. You mm-hmm. never know what you'll find with Carousel's collectibles. Cliff's books, tons of comics, also collectibles as well. Cliff is a great guy, and you will find great deals with Cliff's books. Feed Your Imagination, Dave Finley's set of uh, items are very unique. He has deals in non-sports cards, comics, and collectibles. I just recently picked up uh, uh, a vintage issue of Man Thing from him mm. at an event in Melbourne, Florida. Mm-hmm. And and he had the current, well, not current, but the new release, the 2017 DC Comics calendar. Mm-hmm. That's who we got that from. Of what? Vintage, vintage covers. Yeah, it was right? Golden Age covers. Yeah. Golden yeah. Age covers. Really cool. That's Feed Your Imagination. Want to check them out. And then there's going to be some, uh, well, some zombie people kind of there in a way. Yes. Vicious Collectibles will be there with their cupcake zombies. That's Master Baker, Eric Waller, and Patty Waller will be on hand. They will be at Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. You can find a unique uh, holiday gift for somebody, birthday gift, maybe even a New Year's Eve gift. And that, mm. you know, that is a cupcake zombie from Vicious Collectibles. And by the way, ask Patty to sing. She sings quite well, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And you can join Patty in a, a song or two, maybe even the Riley and Kimmy Show jingle, because we are recording uh, cover versions of that. Giving an example, Patty sang our, uh, our jingle. Not yeah. that long ago. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. You can do that just like Eric and Patty Waller did at Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention, happening on Sunday, November 13th. And swing by uh, where uh, the, the the people who sang the original jingle will be. Outdated oh, yeah. slang is at the convention. They'll be at the More Sports booth, More Sports 43. Terry Moore will be set up selling uh, sports-related collectibles. You want to check that out. Also, they will have what? I should say limited. Limited edition CDs available of uh, their first recordings. Mm-hmm. New discs coming out soon. Yeah. And you can talk to them about music, too. That is Terry Moore and Katie Roberts, who did the Riley and Kimmy Show jingle you hear every single time. We open up an episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Also, there will be Kyle Robert Willis, a fantastic artist, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And fun to talk to, too. You want to get some art from Kyle. And another collectible person, uh, since we also went, you know, featuring some collectibles, is uh, Tidal Wave Comics. They have great collectibles. I picked up uh, some uh, uh, Green Hornet action figures. Oh, Green Hornet that's right. from them. They, they are fantastic. That's Tidal Wave Comics. And my very good friend, and very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy Show is there. That is Todd Merrick. 
of Heroes Landing. Who knows what the madman will be bringing to this big event. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of creators and artists on hand. Jim Fern, known for his work with DC and Marvel, will be there. Um, There's somebody from uh, the movies. Joel Mm. D. Winecoop and his wife, Catherine, will be there. And he's also director, too. I need to point that out. And he's got his own comic book as well. Uh-huh. And he's the, he truly is kind of like the Mad Hatter. He's kind of, oh, yeah. You, know, you never know what you're going to get with Joel D. He's right. fun. You want to check him out. Yeah. And there's plenty of other fun things going on at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. Matter of fact, there is a cosplay contest as well. Dressing up in costumes, playing city games. Hiding out in treetops, shouting out rude names. Yeah, no, no shouting out rude names, but you'll be in a costume. You can you can have fun with a costume contest. Cosplay contest will be happening. That is going to be running at 2.30 on the day of the show. And it's open to all ages with over $300 in prizes, Kimmy. Wow. Yes, over $300 in prizes. That's always a fun contest, too. And I believe you are one of the judges of that contest, last I knew. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I have been. Yeah, I think I think that's happening. Yeah, I think so. I try to help out um, Joel. Yes, Joel, uh, he, well, lucky you. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I got to say. Kimmy is going to be with Joel uh, uh, judging the cosplay contest. Mm-hmm. You can find out more about the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. Just go right to our website. We have a link to them. And our web address is RileyandKimmy.com. I cannot wait for this big event. How about you, Kimmy? Me either. Now, this is the next Riley and Kimmy Show official appearance. Mm-hmm. The next official appearance for the Riley and Kimmy Show is at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. We would love to see you there. Uh, if you love comic books, this is the comic book show to go to. This is the only comic book show to go to in the month of November, in my opinion, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And check them out. We have a link right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. Now, coming up in the next few days, hopefully, I'd say I, it might be a week because sometimes dealing with these promoters can be, they, they got to sign, you know, they got to sign contracts and deal with things so they can't exactly get right back to you right away. But we're trying to uh, make an announcement of something kind of big, kind mm-hmm. of fun that's going to be happening at an upcoming comic event. Stay with the Riley and Kimmy Show. Check out our upcoming episodes, or better yet, follow us on Facebook. We'll have that announcement there first. Big event. Hope to have that announcement coming real soon. A big appearance. We'll have that announcement on Facebook. Suspense. And you can find links to our Facebook page on our website, at RileyandKimmy.com. Kimmy, would you like to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia on this Tuesday? Yes. Okay, it is a November 1st. That's why I flipped that calendar over. November 1st, we are going to be asking Kimmy some questions from the Almanac of Nerdum Trivia and just general history. Now, Kimmy, I'm going to point out this will not be linear. It could be jumping around all over the place. We might be doing like uh, Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. Who knows where we'll jump into on the uh, in the timeline, in the time stream, if you will. All right. Are you ready for that very first question of the Riley and Kimmy show? Yes, I am. All right, Kimmy, here we go with question number one. It was on this date in history. Give me the year that Amazon.com, the domain name, was registered. 1998. 1994 is the answer. It was on this date, Kimmy. 
A picture showing the bare breasts of a woman appears in the National Geographic magazine for the very first time. What year? 1935. Give me 1896 is when they did that. Can you imagine that? Mm. I wonder what the... 1896. Think about that. Hmm. That was... I bet that went over... I bet that was... I bet that was a big wow. Yeah. What was the nickname of... That time period, do you know? Example, the Roaring Twenties is what they called the 20s, the 1920s. Do you know the Swinging Sixties, what they called the 1960s? What did they call the 1890s? I don't know. The Gay Nineties. Okay. The Gay Nineties is what it's called. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, Kimmy, it was 1512. This artist, his painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel was first Shown. Can you tell me the name of that artist? One of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has his name. Charlton. Michael, Michelangelo. That's right. And you probably know that because of the Charlton Heston movie, right? Where he played Michelangelo. Oh, okay. No. Okay. You just you knew that because they taught you that in school, right? Mm-hmm. Up up uh, up in the North Pole. Okay, get me moving over. I on. had an art class in college. You did? Yeah. Did you create anything in that art class? Like, no, it was art, like art history. Oh, and so you didn't sketch or sculpt or play with Play-Doh or anything like that. Okay, Kimmy. It was on this date in 1604. Othello, the tragedy, was the was first presented on stage. In 1611, The Tempest, the romantic comedy, was first presented on, or on stage in London. Tell me who wrote those. William Shakespeare. That's correct. William Shakespeare, 1604 and 1611, on this date in history. Taking a quantum leap here, Kimmy. It's on this date that he became the first president to live in the White House when he moved in. Now, I will give you a clue. It is not George Washington. He did not live in the White House. John Adams. That's correct. John Adams, only for a short period of time. I think it was like three weeks or so that he lived actually in the White House, and it was still under construction inside. Hmm. And I've read parts of his diary that have been published or you know republished on how cold it was and dank and hmm. not very nice place hmm. when moving into it. And uh, his wife was not happy at that time. Oh. Ab- Abigail didn't like the the digs. Uh-huh. Kind of way, almost felt like Green Acres the way he was talking because it was out in a swamp too. That area was swampland. Oh yeah, originally. Uh, that, that, that's what it was. So on this date, Kimmy, 1848, the first medical school for women founded by Samuel Gregory opened in Boston, Massachusetts. It was called the Boston Female Medicine School. It's kind of a cool thing. I wouldn't have guessed in 1848, though. Okay. I mean, I, that just yeah. seems really early. I guess uh, where would uh, what Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman be or whatever that was? That uh, Oh, yeah. Remember that show? It was mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. Can't think of her name. Who played it? Jane Seymour. That's right. I should have remembered that. It was on this date, Kimmy, the United States Post Office started selling money orders. Money orders provided a safe way for payments by mail. What year did they decide to do that? 1978. 1964. It was on this date in 1870, the United States Weather Bureau made its first meteorological observations using 24 locations that provided reports via telegraph. It was 1879. Thomas Edison executed his first patent application for the high-resistance carbon filament. It was... On this date, Billboard magazine was published for the first time. It later became known as just plain Billboard. Can you tell me Billboard's debut date? I know you've seen a Billboard magazine. 1955. Billboard magazine, which for a period of time for radio stations and musicians was of major importance 
You always wanted to check those charts. And Kimmy used to listen to a certain countdown that was associated with that, a certain American countdown of music. Made its debut in 1894, Kimmy. And it was on this date in 1894, Kimmy, that Thomas Edison Films, they decided to make a film with Annie Oakley. And because of that film, she is hired by Buffalo Bill for his Wild West shows. Hmm. It was 1894 that that happened. So she was discovered in film, in a way. And I thought she would have been before with Buffalo Bill and then the, the film. Done. Yeah. I didn't realize it was done that way. So on this date, 1937, the Golden Age Radio Hilltop House was aired for the first time on CBS Radio. 1937, Terry and the Pirates debuted on NBC Radio on the Golden Age of Radio. So on this date, in 1940, A Night in the Tropics was released. It's very important in the world of nerdum. It was the first movie for Abbott and Costello. It was 1944, Harvey by Mary Chase opened on Broadway. 1947, the famous racehorse Man of War died. It was on this date, Kimmy, the movie rating system of G, M, R and X, followed by PG-13 and NC-17, went into effect. Give me the year that happened. 1971. 1968. It was on this date the United States Post Office raised the first-class letter rate to 20 cents. What year did that happen? 1973. 1981. It was on... Wow. Okay. Okay, moving over to birthdays, Kimmy. See if you can identify who this is. Now, I will give you a clue, even though you never really listened... I interviewed this individual a long time ago. This is an actress. Mm-hmm. That is your clue. This actress was born on this date. She passed away May of 2015. I believe she appeared at Spooky Empire. Matter of fact, announced her retirement at Spooky Empire a number of years ago. She played Jason's mother, that's Jason Voorhees' mother, in Friday the 13th. Can you tell me her name? Oh. Come on. I should know it. You actually walked past her table. At Spooky Empire. Mm-hmm. And you said, you interviewed her years ago. And I go, yes, I did. Can't do it. You cannot name her. Way before your time and way before my time, They, she was on a lot of uh, game shows and things like that back in the 50s. And she did film work as well. It's Betsy Palmer. Mm, yeah. That's Betsy Palmer. Passed away at the age of 88, May of 2015. Robert Foxworth having a birthday today, 75. He was the original cast Get this, he was originally cast as J.R. Ewing in Dallas, but got into a little uh, argument with the producers. He wanted them to soften the role of J.R., so they said, go. Mm. And who did they replace him with? Larry Hagman. That That is right. Larry Hagman, uh, you know, it was his role. Yeah. I can't imagine J.R. being softened. No. Now, from 1981 to 1987, he starred on a TV series on CBS TV. Can you tell me what the TV show was? I don't know if you watched it or not. It was kind of a soap opery kind of show. That's Robert Foxworth. No. Falcon Crest. Did you ever watch that? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm surprised you didn't. I would have thought that would have been one of those that you might have watched. Because mm-hmm. after you watched Knott's Landing, Dallas, and figured Falcon Crest would be one of those two. You not, even... not that one. Okay. But you all... And then you watched that thing on ABC that was the counter to Dallas. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Dynasty. No, I didn't. You didn't watch Dynasty at all? Nope. Interesting. By the way, Robert Foxworth also has been in a ton of things like Hawaii Five O, Password Plus, Murder She Wrote, Sea Quest, and let's see, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, The Outer Limits, Star Trek: Enterprise, Stargate, also uh, let's see, Babylon Five, and he's done voiceover work as well. Played the voice of the Autobot Ratchet in the film version of the Transformers and its sequels. Another note: He was married to Elizabeth Montgomery from 1993 until her death in 1995. 
They've been together for 20 years before marrying. Country musician Lyle Lovett having a birthday today. He is 59. Rick Allen of Def Leppard, the drummer, he is 53 today. See if you can identify who this is, this recording artist having a birthday. Here is your audio clue. Tell me how old she is. Here's your clue, Kimmy. One of her highest charting hits was Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, right there. Right Beside You is another, and As I Lay Me Down was another of her big hits. Who is that? Can't do it. Sophie B. Hawkins, how old is she today? Um, 53. You're right there. She's 52 today. Okay. Good job. Tell me who this is from the clues. She began her career in 1993 as a nude model for Playboy magazine and was later named Playmate of the Year. She then, using her Playboy fame, turned into television and film acting. She is a former co-host of ABC talk show The View. And you've seen her New Year's Eve, I believe on ABC, when she's talking to the crowd. Oh, okay. I think I know who you're talking about. Yes? Yes. Who is she? Um, she used to date Jim Carrey. Hmm, that sounds about right. Yeah? Yeah. And I can't think of her name either. You can't? Really? Really. Jenny McCarthy. Yes. How old is Jenny McCarthy today? 48. She's 44 today, moving over to Notable Deaths. James Broderick passed away on this date in history. He played on the TV series called Family. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. He was on Family. He played the dad, Doug. Remember him? Yes. He passed away in 1982. The show actually went from 76 to 1980, so it was just about two years wow. after the show went off. He passed on, and he was not that old. He was 55, I think, when he passed away. Wow. Or maybe even younger. But he's one of those that looked a lot older uh-huh. than what he was. Another notable passing away on this date in history, Phil Silvers. You know who that is, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. American actor and comedian. Died on this date, November 1st, 1985, at the age of 74. He's best known for starring in a TV show. What was it called? Do you know? Um, can, can you do it? Nope. You can't? It's Phil Silvers' show. And that's what it was called, Kimmy, where he played Sergeant Bilko. Now, Silver's also guested on the Beverly Hillbillies and various TV variety shows, The Carol Burnett Show, Laugh-In, Dean Martin Show. But probably his most famous role, and I caught it the other night on MeTV, is when he appeared on Gilligan's Island as Harold Hecuba in a classic episode where he's a you know show producer and he mm. acts out. He acts out a musical version of Hamlet, and he does like all the roles himself on stage. Yeah, that is cl- that is so cool. Now, the 1996 TV Guide ranked him number 31 on its 50 greatest TV stars of all time. And if you're a cartoon freak like I am, voice actor Dawes Butler used a impression of Silver's voice as the voice of the Hanna Barbera character Hokey Wolf. And he also used that same voice in numerous cartoons for Jay Ward, and that's the individual who did the Bullwinkle cartoons. Okay. I just love that. Mm. He's so cool. Mm-hmm. Phil Silvers. And you can catch him on one of the retro TV stations. They run the Phil Silvers show, which Kimmy couldn't think of right there. That's okay. I doubt you ever watched it. I, to be quite honest, did not grow up watching because it, it was not in syndication or nobody ran it. And only rediscovered Phil Silvers that way on one of these retro channels that does run him. So we don't think poorly of that. But... The, you know, you have to know him for Gilligan's Island mm-hmm. as Howard Hecuba. 
I mean, he's just fantastic. So yeah. check that Gilligan's Island episode out if you have never seen it. Kimmy, I thought we'd go back in time here and focus on someone from the golden age of radio that we mentioned here on the Almanac. Radio was It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we can go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity. We're doing that right now, and we're going to pay tribute to Phil Silvers. He did a lot of golden age of radio work, and we have an example here which is not necessarily comedy-oriented. It's of what this program that he appeared on, it's more comedic than it usually is, but it also ties in a little suspense and thriller and horror kind of things with it. Back in 1947, he starred in an episode titled The Swift Rise of Eddie Albright. It is definitely a fun journey down the world of the golden age of radio. Here we go to an episode of Suspense featuring Phil Silvers, who we're paying tribute to, who passed away on this date in history. Here's Phil Silvers, The Swift Ride of Eddie Albright, 1947, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Up car, please. Good morning, Mr. Griffin. Good morning. Get back in the car, please. Well, good morning, Miss Wainwright. Hello, Eddie. Good morning, Miss Kittredge. Take away, Eddie. That's all, please. Watch the doors, please. Two, please. Three. Well, that's the way it is with me all day long, see? I got my ups and downs, like they say. But I like it that way, see? Because I'm not going to be doing this forever. I'm not even going to be doing it very much longer at all. Because I got a job as an assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. And the way I handle my car and my customers, I'm going to be a cinch to get it. In fact, I am so much a cinch that I have told Millie that that's what I am already. Millie is the manicurist at the elite barbershop down in Lexington. And three, four times a week on my off hour, I jump out of my uniform and into my street clothes and go down there and get a manicure. Sort of got Millie staked out, see? And that's where I am on this day when all this happens. Down there getting a manicure for Millie. You've got real nice hands, though, Mr. Albright. Real swan gay. Well, you see, for a man in my position. But I will also say that you don't really have to have them cared for quite so often. Oh, that. I mean, I wouldn't tell that to everyone, but some of my customers, I like to give my very best professional advice, you know? Well, maybe I. Oh. Just let your hand relax, Mr. Albright. Yeah. Well. Maybe I know that. Maybe I got my reasons. Uh, Mr. Albright, I can't imagine what kind of reasons you Look, have. with a guy like me, nobody has to stand on many ceremonies, see? For instance, all my friends call me Eddie. Really? Sure, Mr. Garvey and everybody. Just like I call you Millie. That's all right, isn't it? Oh, well, sure, but, but me calling a customer, but, well, it makes a difference, you is, know? Is that all I am? Just another customer? Ooh. You must hold your hand still, Mr. Albright. Yeah, sure. What I mean is just because I hold a slightly higher position than somebody else, that don't make any difference to me. That's my idea of democracy. Everybody is just as good as anybody else. Of course, unless you're a millionaire or something. Oh, well, what's so special about a millionaire? I got a customer that's a millionaire, and his hands aren't nearly as swan gay as yours. Well, what I mean is I'm not quite in that class yet. But I wish you would call me Eddie. Well, you know, I was thinking about you. Uh, Once or twice. I mean, you're quite young to be holding a position of assistant manager of a big building like the Dunbar Building. Well, I started at the bottom, of course, but there's little tricks in getting to the top, just like in everything else. Gee, I wish I knew some. Well, take me, for instance. You know how I got where I am? 
remembering names and faces, that's all. Yeah? Yes, sir. When I was just merely an elevator operator. Remembering names. You mean a little thing like that can get you to A the... little thing like that? Listen, how do you suppose Jim Farley got where he is today? Where is he? I don't know where he is right now, but that's how he got to be Postmaster General. Just remembering names and faces. Just one little thing, that's all. Well, I don't know. He must have had some kind of other abilities. I mean, he must have been a bug on stamps or something. Oh, Kevin's the best. Look at that cuticle. Well, maybe one, two little things, but that was the main thing. Now, take me, for instance. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, Eddie, but you got to keep your hands still, you know. Oh, that's okay, Millie. Forget it. But I was just trying to show you something in the paper. See this picture? Yeah. Frankie the Nosematic. Former New York gangster who escaped from Atlanta six months ago, believed to be in city. Oh, sure, I saw that this morning. Yeah, so did I. And when I saw it, I said to myself, Eddie, you, Eddie Albright, you've seen this guy somewhere before. And just like that, I remembered. Oh, well, I bet I could remember an ugly mug like that. Yeah, but suppose you only seen him three, four times, and it was two, three years ago. And he was always with a whole lot of other people. <gasps> Eddie, you mean you know Frankie Maddox? No, but I took him up in my car. Uh, that was when I was just merely an elevator operator. Uh. I took him up three, four times. There's a rich guy named Ellinger lives in a penthouse on top of our building, and I took him up there. And that was two, three years ago. But right away I remembered, recalled the face. Oh, I guess that is pretty good, all right. Sure, that's the kind of thing that got me where I am. Yeah, well, some people are lucky, I guess. Well, I don't know. But some people that are lucky like to share their luck with other people. Ever stop to think about that? Well, I'm quite sure I don't know what you mean. Well, take you and me, for example. What? Maybe we could be lucky together. I mean, maybe you and me could go out to dinner and the theater some night. Really? Oh, gee, that'd be awful nice. Well, how about tonight? Tonight? Well, I don't know. I, well, I guess I could make it tonight. Okay, now where do well, I need... Well, well, well. So this is where you spend all your oh, time. Oh, no, hello, Alex. <laughs> Millie, uh, I just remembered something important. I gotta go. Yeah, but I'll... Eddie, I haven't finished What's with you. What's your hurry? You might at least introduce the little lady to your boss. No, no, oh, don't say dear. that. Oh, uh... dear. Then you must be Mr. Garvey. Millie, well, I'm sure not... I'm pleased to meet you. Mr. Garvey? <laughs> Say, what's this guy been telling you? Well, I, uh, well, Millie, I really I... don't see what's so funny. No, All it's I know not... is that Mr. Albright here what? is Mr. Garvey's personal assistant in the Dunbar building. <laughs> I... Is that what he told Look, you? Look, Alex, <laughs> can I just... Oh, Eddie, I'm ashamed. How could you do such a thing to such a cute little lady? Eddie Albright, you going to sit there and let this man talk to me? He like... better sit there because I am his boss. Millie, look. I'm cheap starter on the Dunbar elevators, and little Eddie here is operator number 23. <gasps> Eddie. And when I say go, he goes. And when I say stay, he stays. Millie, no, look, Millie, I gotta I go, but I... haven't finished your hand, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie, let's not be bitter. Well, goodbye. Well, you can imagine how that made me feel. I felt lower in the third basement. What made it worse, it was all true, what I told Millie. I all except a little part about being Mr. Garvey's assistant. But I did remember faces. I was going to get to the top. I was there already, practically. But all I could think of was how I could get even with that starter, that Alex Henderson, without having him fire me. And pretty soon he came back, and I just didn't speak to him. I didn't even look at him. But I could see him grinning all over that ugly puss of his every time he looks at me. And then I see him looking serious and going over to talk to some guys that just came in that I recognize as plain clothes did. And then they separate and sort of hang around the lobby trying to look as though they aren't there. 
And I figure I'll bide my time to get to that, Alex. So pretty soon I mosey over to where he is. Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Albright. Okay, okay, you had your fun. What are all the dicks doing in the lobby? Well, now, I wouldn't tell everyone, but of course an important man like you... Oh, lay off, can't you? What's going on? They had a tip Frankie Maddox was heading for this building. Frankie Maddox? Yeah, friend of yours? Well, I know what he looks like. I took him up to the penthouse three, four times. Two, three years ago. I never forget. Yeah? Who was with him? General MacArthur? Now, look, I'm not kidding. I'd remember him any place. Well, why don't you just go over and speak to the lieutenant over there? Okay, I will. Get back on your car. But, Alex... Get back on your... Well, 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 look who's coming in the door. Our girlfriend. Our girlfriend? Oh, listen, Alex, I can take just... How do you do, Miss O'Malley? Oh, well, I'm quite well, thank you, Mr. Henderson. Hello, Millie. I wonder if you could have one of your boys take me up to the penthouse. We got a call at the shop a little while ago from Mr. Ellinger. He wanted a manicure sent up. Why, sure, Miss O'Malley, the last car there. Thank you very kindly, Mr. Henderson. Eddie, take the young lady up to the penthouse. Right away. Look sharp. Millie. The penthouse, please. Now, listen, Millie. I can explain all what I and said. And I do not wish to engage in any unnecessary conversation with the help, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie. That guy's jealous, that's all. He knows when that job comes up, I'm a cinch for it, and he won't stand a chance. Huh? He's just trying to get the knife for me, that's all. <laughs> and that job is coming up, and I'm going to get it. Any day now. You'll see. Oh, Millie. Give me a break. You said yourself it didn't matter even if a guy was a millionaire. I am a very democratic person, Mr. Albright. I have no objection at all to a man being an elevator operator whatsoever. But I do object to his being a big phony. Mm. I believe this is my floor. Good day, Mr. Albright. Millie. Uh... Hold it, bud. Huh? You heard him hold it. I'm sorry, but you gentlemen can't bring that carpet down on this car. You'll have to take the freight elevator. Shut up. Now, listen. Get in there. All right, easy now. Okay, stand up, uh, stand it up in a corner. Well, of course, if you gentlemen insist. Okay, that'll do it. Our policy is to give prompt and courteous service to all the occupants of this building. Okay, However, but the regulation... Start down. But it's against regulations. Start down. Yes, sir. But it's against regulations to carry furniture in the passenger cars. And a big carpet like that. Now, what about a big carpet like that? Well... It's furniture. Well, what do you know? Sonny Boy here thinks this is furniture. Well, it ain't furniture, you see, Sonny Boy? Well, the regulations are specific. Yes, sir. What floor, sir? The basement. Yes, sir. Which basement? You ain't trying to be funny, are you, Sonny Boy? No, sir, but we have three basements in this building. You all got stairs up to the street? Yeah, they have stairs, but it is. Take us to the first one you come to. Yes, sir. But the building regulations. Oh, shut up. Yes, sir. Well, like I say, we believe in giving prompt and courteous service. So I wasn't going to argue with anybody, particularly anybody as big and tough as these two guys look. They wanted to take a carpet to the basement? Well, there's no skin off my knees. It was a big carpet, all right. It was rolled up, and they had it standing in the corner between them. And I glanced at it, just casual-like. And then I saw something that made my skin come up in goosebumps all over. Sticking out of the bottom of that carpet was a pair of feet. Hey... Those guys had a dead body in that carpet.
And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Phil Silvers in The Swift Rise of Eddie Albright, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Well, when I saw those two tough guys had a body rolled up in that carpet, I just stood there at the controls of my car and tried to keep my knees from knocking until we got down to the first basement. Is this the basement? Huh? I say, is this the basement? Oh, oh yes, sir. Okay. All right. Let's lift it easy. Right, Can I help you? Uh, hey, no, never mind. Hey, you got easy. it? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Set it down. <sighs> <sighs> All right, sonny boy. You can beat it. Yes, sir. And, uh, listen, bud. Yes, sir? If I was you, I'd forget I ever seen this, uh, carpet. Understand? Yes, sir. What carpet? My next car, please. Well, where you been, big shot? Oh, oh, I had to take a tenner down to, uh, to the, to the basement. The basement? Yeah. Somebody from the penthouse wanted uh, wanted to see the super about something. Oh, I see. I thought you was going to stick around and help the cops catch Maddox when he shows up. Okay, Alex, you think I'm kidding. But I do know what he looks like. Yeah, with his mug all over the paper, sure. You and a million other people. I mean what he looks like. For... Since I remember he's a medium-sized small guy about my size. Oh, a shrimp. All right, but you wait. If that guy comes into this building, I'll spot him and I'll... All right, everybody, all right. Just stand right where you are, please. That's the lieutenant. It must be Maddox. Maddox. Now, there's no danger, folks. No danger. We're just trying to locate somebody. Say, I gotta go. You stay here. I just remembered a party up on the 15th floor. You stay. But see, I figured the cops had everything under control about this Maddox, and there was no use of my button in until they need me. And so I'm sort of getting my breath and going past the ninth floor before I notice the little guy in the car with me. A nice-looking little guy, and he speaks to me real friendly. What's all the excitement down there? Oh, well, they think some gangster named Maddox is loose in the building somewhere. Do they? Yeah. Maybe it was a good idea we started up and we did, huh? Oh, I don't know. Don't worry me none. What floor? Uh, the, uh, the penthouse, please. Oh, you're looking for Mr. Ellinger. That's right. My girl's up there with him right now. Your girl? Yeah, she's a manicure. Mr. Ellinger sent for her a little while ago for a manicure. Oh. Well, here's your floor. Uh, say, wait a minute before you open those doors. I, uh, got a little proposition to make to you. Uh, proposition? Yeah, you see, Mr. Ellinger's an old pal of mine. He's a great guy for gags. I haven't seen him for quite a while. I want to pull one on him, see? Oh, well, yeah, but, but... I want to borrow your uniform. If we just swap coats, that's enough. It'll only take a minute. The whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't do anything like that. The regulations... Sure, are... sure, I know. Uh, would, uh... Would this help? Oh, no, I couldn't. You see, if... A hundred bucks? Sure, with me and Ellinger, it's anything for a gag, and, uh... Like I say, it'll only take a minute. Well, I don't know. But a hundred bucks? Oh, here, go on, take it. Now, give me your coat. Here's mine. Well... You sure it'll only take a minute? That's right. Okay. Here you are. Okay, now let's go. Uh, you better come with me, though, so you can get your coat back and go right on down. See? Yeah, sure. I'll prop the car doors open. I'm 
sorry. Millie. Eddie Albright, for heaven's sake, now what? Who is she? Oh, that's my, uh, that's Millie that I told you about. Oh. Where's Ellinger? Well, I'm sure I don't know, and I've been waiting quite a while, and if I have to wait much longer... You I... sure he's not home? Well, I should be. And if I have to wait much longer, I'm simply going to have to charge him the full rate anyway. And if you're a friend of his, I wish you'd Yeah, tell sure, him. sure. I'll, uh, I'll I... fix it for you. We'll come in and wait. As for you, Mr. Albright, of course, it's no business of mine. But if you want to throw away your job and your whole career... I got my I... reasons, Come on. Millie. Well... Yeah, but you said it would only take a minute. Come on, come on. There's another hundred in it for you when you get your coat back. A hundred dollars? See? I told your you. Your boyfriend and I are just pulling a little gag, miss. Boyfriend? Are you implicating that this... Well, I must say, someone has given you the wrong kind of an oppression entirely. Yeah, okay, but you two could do quite a lot with a couple of hundred bucks, couldn't you? Suppose, uh, you wait here in the front room, miss. We'll go on inside. But don't tell Mr. Ellinger we're here. We want to surprise him. Yes, sir, of course. That's two hundred dollars. Listen, I can't wait long, you know. Yes, yeah, sure, I know. In here. Uh, let's, uh, go out on the balcony. Ah, it's nice up here. Yeah, I always wanted a penthouse. You know, with them looking all over for this, uh, Maddox, or whatever his name is, they won't miss you for a while. Yeah, there's that. But boy, I just wish I could lay my hands on that guy. Oh, Maddox? Yeah, boy, if I could just capture him single-handed or something. What's the matter? You got something against the guy? Oh, no, no, Mr. Uh, Mason. No, Mr. Mason, I got nothing against him. But I gotta do something pretty quick. Fooling around with guys like this Maddox could be a little unhealthy, though, couldn't it? Yeah, there's that. But, well, you see, Mr. Mason, I gotta do something for Millie. Uh, I don't know, she seems like a nice kid. She doesn't seem like the kind who'd expect any crazy grandstand plays from a guy. Oh, she wouldn't, Mr. Mason. Millie's the top. She's aces. But you see, well, I already made one and it flopped. It was a terrible flop. Oh, showing off for a dame, huh? Like a little kid. Yeah, I guess so, Mr. Mason. I guess I made an awful fool out of myself. But, well, now I gotta do something to make up for it. Listen, Eddie, a dame that's any good, she doesn't expect anything special of a guy. If she does lay off because she's poisoned, take my word for it, I know. Maybe I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't tried to show off for a dame. Just like you. I was a punk kid. I didn't know any better. Gee, Mr. Mason, I wouldn't say where you are today is so bad. Being able to pass out $100 bills like you do. Yeah. Well, you get older. You see things a little different sometimes. How'd you come to louse it up with her? Well, you see, it began by me telling about this job that I got as assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. Only I don't have it yet. And then Alex. He's the starter. He tips her off. And then I'm trying to explain to her when I bring her up here. Only I don't get a chance because these two mugs get in my car with a what big What two cover. mugs? The two that come from the penthouse here. I guess they're waiting for Mr. Ellinger. And they got a big rolled-up carpet. And they want to go down to the basement. And I call on the regulations, but... Gee, maybe I shouldn't be saying this after what they told me. What did they tell you? Well, about the carpet, they said. Carpet. So that's it. Well, I guess it's okay to tell you, Mr. Mason. But I was scared. Well... There was a body in that carpet. Gosh, you don't suppose that's why Mr. Allen... Listen, Eddie, you stay right here, see? But Mr. Mason, my coat... You... I'll be back in two minutes, kid. Then you'll be all set. The basement, huh? Yeah, but Mr. Wait, wait, Mr. Mason... You stay here. If you want your coat back. Oh. Well, Mr. Allwright, I see your newfound friend has left you holding the bag. Oh, Millie, I don't know. Everything has gone wrong today. Well, you can't say that your friends or those who were your friends didn't give you fair warning. You mean you're still my friend? I didn't say that. 
Just hope that Mr. Alex Henderson is your friend when you try to explain to him what happened to your uniform coat. Alex Henderson. Listen, Millie, you don't see anything in that guy, do you? Well, he's just I a think common Mr. star. Mr. Henderson is a very high-type gentleman and not a big phony. Him? Well, he's the worst. And at least he is not ashamed of his position. He is, too. And seeing that he is your superior, yeah, I Yeah, well, he won't be for long. I can tell you that right now. All right, Maddox. Reach. What? Don't try to stall him, Max. Get him up. They got guns. Maddox. Hey, listen, I'm not Maddox. What do you I'm... think you're kidding we know you've been having a doctor change your face the last six months. And then you think you're going to walk right in here and knock off Ellinger for that 50 grand he took you for. But you were a little late. You know why? Listen, fellas, you got it wrong. Don't you remember? I'll tell you I'm... why. Because and I... we got tipped off and we got Ellinger out of here in a carpet. How do you like that? You know who is going to get it? You, Maddox. <gasps> oh, no. <sighs> hey, look. My girl, she fainted. And she's in luck. Any last words, Maddox? Wait, listen, I'm not Maddox. I'm the elevator boy. I never thought I'd see you crawl, Maddox. Don't you remember? I took you down with the carpet to the basement. Go on, go ahead. I'm getting a big boot out of this. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe he's got something. Come over here, you. Yes, sir. Why, I think it is the elevator punk. That's me, sir. That's right. The elevator punk. That's me. Shut up. What do you think? I don't know. What happened to your uniform, punk? Well, there was a man. He was in my car. All right, turn around and get it. Maddox! What happened those next few minutes, I'll never know. I was down on the floor until the shooting stopped, and then it was awful still. And I opened one eye and looked around, and Mr. Mason, only he was Maddox, I recognized him. And the two mugs were lying on the floor, and they weren't moving either. And then I saw Millie lying there, too, and I rushed over to her. And I took her in my arms, and then she opened her eyes, so I knew she was all right. So I rushed back to Mr. Maddox to see if I could help him. On the counter, he was nice to me, whatever he was. But he was dead all right, I guess. And I took the gun out of his hand, and then all of a sudden, the room was full of people. Cops and Alex Henderson, and even Mr. Garvey, and they were all crowding around me, and everybody was saying something different. Uh, it's Maddox, all right, Chief. He's got identification. What happened here? Is that the missing operator, Henderson? That's right, Mr. Garvey. Who's the girl? My officer. He's got a gun in his hand. Uh, give me that, son. Uh, yes, sir. Well, say, son, you must have been mixed up in this little party yourself, huh? Where'd you get the gun? Well, Lieutenant... It's sorry. Maddox's gun, isn't it? That's right, Chief. That's what must have happened. Maddox gunned the two hoods, and then the kid jumped him. Yeah? Well, that took a lot of courage, son. Is uh, that what happened? Well, sir, I... Go ahead, Eddie. Speak up. Don't be afraid. Oh, no, Mr. Garvey. I'm not afraid. I'm Just perfectly... tell us what happened, son. Well, what happened? Yes, sir. That's what happened, all right. What you said. Uh, Mr. Maddox made me come in here and change clothes with him. And then those two came in and Maddox shot them. And then, well, I just sort of overpowered him. And, and the gun went off and, and he was killed. I know guys on the force wouldn't have dared do that. Did she see it? I fainted. Well, say, young man, you certainly are to be congratulated. Thanks, Mr. Garvey. Yes, sir. You're the type of man we need on the Dunbar building staff, which uh, reminds me. There's a position as my personal assistant coming open. I think you could fill it. Come and talk to me about it in the morning. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Garvey. Oh, Eddie. Hey, Chief. Look, Maddox. He's alive. So he is. Yeah. He can talk. He can talk? How about it, Maddox? Is that what happened? What, uh, happened? The kid here says you gunned the other two and he overpowered you. And you got it in the struggle for the gun. Is uh, that what happened? The, uh, the kid there overpowered me? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, uh, yeah, the kid just, uh, 
overpowered me. He's gone. Gosh! The reason I told this, well, Millie and I got married when I got the job of Mr. Garvey, and, well, something pretty important is going to happen pretty soon, and, well, I got to think of what Mr. Maddox said, and and I told Millie the whole thing, because I didn't want to have a kid who could ever say his old man was a big phony. Hello, Eddie. I mean, uh, good morning, Mr. Albright. Alex? Uh, car three, sir? Yeah, take Mr. Albright right up. Oh, thank you, Alex. Uh, I've been watching your work. You're doing grand. Grand. Now, just look alive. Well, shall we go? Up, up, quickly, boy. Up. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.